I'm Anthony Bachman from All Things Good and Nerdy, a geeky podcast part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And welcome to Play Comics, where once again, I just don't care at all about regular episodes. I might never do one ever again, because today I have Lanier, it, Lanier right? Lanier Burton, okay, a.k.a. Coolestolo. Cool That's C-O-O-L-E-S-D-O-L-O. We have Lanier Burton here. I'm going to make it sound like I did that very smoothly, because I totally listened to your ranking episode, and I totally heard your robot friend say that, and then I forgot in the last five minutes because that's just how my brain works. (laughs) No, it's all good, Chris. So today we are here, I mean, kind of nominally to talk about your comic series, Crime Capital, but also all the other stuff you have over there, but mostly Crime Capital because I kind of only had time to read that one. No, this is great. This is great. Crime Capital deserves to have the spotlight right now. So what is your elevator pitch for Crime Capital for anybody who hasn't heard of it yet? Basically, if you've never heard of Crime Capital, if you take the um, the vigilante crime genre and then you mixed it with some manga influences, and yeah, that's, ex- that's essentially what Crime Capital is. One of my favorite parts was that right off the rip, everybody knows who the do-gooder is which is your main good guy here crime capital so it's a nice little change away from oh nobody knows who this is even though all the clues are right there mm-hmm. yeah i wanted to get shy away from that because i thought it'd actually be more tension if people knew who he was as opposed to if him trying to hide his identity and when Oh, spoilers to people listening to this, but when his partner dies, he's dealing with his grief and his pain. And he's really, he's really, you know, really messy right now. So naturally, his identity, stuff like that, that's just all going to just be thrown away. Like, he doesn't even care. He just wants revenge at this point. So he's like, damn, if they know who I am or not, it is what it is. And I like that. I like that. I haven't seen many things do that, you know, outside of like, super obvious you're an alien everybody knows it kind of deal like it's nice to see a normal or normal-ish human who just doesn't care about having a secret identity and it also plays off the villain too because like the villain our uh, our main villain stage master he's very much he doesn't hide his identity whatsoever well in a way he hides his real name from the world but as stage master he's like okay you guys can look me up you can do this you can follow me here follow me there uh for the people who haven't read crime capital stage master is the main villain and he likes to kill people and 
var- uh, like broadcasted on like websites and all this other stuff for his fans, so to speak. And he's just a really sick individual who really thinks he's entertaining people by doing this. So he tries to up the ante. And in this scenario, he ends up crossing paths with our hero because he had targeted two cops and one of the which is dead now. And the other one is trying to avenge his fallen uh, comrade. So Stage Master and uh, Robert Rockwell, uh, AKA Do-Gooder, they're like two sides of the same coin, really. So at least in your head, how much of a backstory do you have for them? Because I mean, Stage Master really is, just seems like a completely fascinating character. Oh yeah, I have a full like origin story for Nathan Ch- uh, Chappelle, aka uh, Stage Master, and Robert Rockwell as well too. Like I always try to think out how uh, events in these characters' lives prior to when the story starts, when we read it, have uh, shaped them, and I try to think of their uh, their personalities, their quirks. Um, yeah, I just try to flesh out my characters as much as possible, make them as three D as possible. What caused this story to pop into your head? Hmm. So the first thing I would say, uh, I had a trip to Chicago. And as I was just looking out at the landscape and stuff like that, I just love the, the, the gritty the city aesthetic of it all. And I've always wanted to have like a vigilante story. So I was like, okay, I'll let, let me let me do let me try my hand at this. And so Crime Capital just really kind of formed out of that. But it's so many other factors that, that aren't coming to mind right now because it's been at least over a year, a year or two or so now. But um, yeah, Crime Capital, I just always wanted to explore like vigilantes and, 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 and heroes and grief and pain. Like how did this, how would this really affect a character if they truly just went off the rails? Like if they really lost a loved one or whatever the case, what lengths would they go to avenge that? And I feel like in comic books, they don't really dig too deep into the pain that that goes into losing someone you love, or or, or at least it's handled in like an issue or two. But yeah, for this one, um, the death of Curtis Allen, uh, Robert's partner, it just lingers over over this first arc of the story and you really get to dig deep into it especially with this new chapter uh crime capital number three where curtis's wife jackie allen re- reappears in the story this time as a new identity of blue veil and then you get to see more of her history with curtis and just his his phantom just rests over <laughs> those two characters in the story and you're just trying to see like oh where's this gonna go are they gonna avenge him or what's gonna happen so yeah really thematically crying capital is about dealing with grief and pain and and trying to get through that the best way you can but sometimes it, it can go good or bad how long do you see this story going for Huh, that's kind of hard to say. Uh, I really like to write, and I love being in the world of crime capital. It's actually the the hardest one for me to write because I I, I think really deep and intensely about the characters that I introduce and the things that I do. So uh, it's kind of hard for me to answer that question right now. But I would hope to get it to at least 10, 10 issues or so before I probably um, wrap up the do-gooder saga at least and then go to something else but it's kind of hard to say i'm always changing my mind so i feel like part of why that might be a hard question is because you're putting them up online the way you are and publishing them yourself 
so you don't really have anybody else telling you, okay, you should stop now. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Which is a good thing to have, folks. Uh, definitely, if you're if you're wanting to get into comics and things of that nature, uh, definitely, I would suggest you do it yourself. Um, just like I did. I just went on Webtoons and I started publishing my work on there. Uh, and then it just went from there. So how has that gone for you? Because Webtoons is something I've started to hear more and more about recently, but this is the first thing I've actually looked at on. Yeah, uh, so far so good. Uh, ever since my first comic book true science fiction when i first put it on webtoons it just kind of took off and had a life of its own so in the 17 or so comics that i've released so far since then i've been doing really well on webtoons and it's just easy and, and it's accessible for people to read my work and i'm all about making things simple and accessible uh, a lot of brands that you see in the world today they have that philosophy down pat so that's something that i internalized in from scratch comics making things simple and accessible for people and from scratch comics is that just your work or is that other things that you're not involved in at all uh it's just my work as of right now but down the line it will incorporate other things but i definitely want to make sure i get my foot in the door first before I start to take in, you know, other people's works and stuff like that. But that's definitely on the docket of things to do. So speaking of bringing other people in, how did you get together with Rhea Yu for the art? So me and Rhea's uh, working relationship started with True Science Fiction 1, my first comic book. And I met her off of uh, Upwork, you know, like a, a freelance uh, site where you can hire people for stuff. I had put out a post saying I was looking for an artist for the story. Uh, excuse me. And uh, so we got together on True Science Fiction. I wrote the story, uh, did the storyboards, all that good stuff, sent it over to her. And we just had a really good uh, rapport. And then I had mentioned to her that I was working on this series, uh, Crime Capital. And I sent her the story. She loved it. And, and we've been working together on it ever since. So I feel like for the vigilante influence, I mean, people can probably pick like any number of things and it would apply. Oh, sure. But as far as the manga influence goes, where did you draw inspiration from from that side of things? Uh, I've always been a huge manga fan as far as and as well as reading American comic books. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It just happened organically. Well, Rhea's art style is naturally more leaning towards uh, manga in general, like the way that she draws. And we both share that love for manga. So it just made sense to have Crime Capital B like that. Because I've never, I don't think, I've never seen a comic book in America at least where. It has that vigilante, um, the vigilante style, and it still has that the the manga as well influence. So I thought that'd be an interesting uh, combination. But it's definitely not something we see a lot, which sucks because you know I've recently started reading some stuff manga wise, and I mean it's a whole different ballgame. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The The world of manga and, uh, of course, I'm a huge Shonen Jump fan myself. And, you know, I read about the history of 
of their creation and like you know decades which books were better than this one and that third and the third and to this day i still read all the chapters weekly um yeah a lot of my work has a lot of manga influences even if it's not the art style it could be the pacing it could be the way that the characters are portrayed um stuff like that I just take bits and pieces from um, a lot of things that I ingest as far as like media. Like it could be even video games, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't know anything about video games over here at all. Yeah, you guys don't even talk about those, right? No, no, never. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things I really liked here looking at this, I forget if it was issue two or three, but somebody was reading Give Me the Loot, just sitting in the background, uh -huh. which is another one of your comics. So just the fact that uh -huh. you can mix that kind of thing in there, I just think is a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I love playing with these universes because they're all... I'm, uh... There are certain instances where they're connected as far as uh, like my two series, True Science Fiction and B-Sides. Those two are connected. Everything else is just exists in its own world. But I do love like having little Easter eggs there for fans to pick up and stuff like that. Uh, it's really fun to play around and do these things. So since you're writing so much, how long does it take you to get one of these issues finished? Uh, well, the writing, the writing really varies because I could, I could think of an idea and it can just stay in my mind for like a couple weeks or months or whatever. And then one day I'll just write it all in a day or whatever the case, it, it the writing, uh, it varies, but, uh, typically it probably takes maybe like three, four months or so for something to be finished or, uh, just about. So do you find yourself like giving yourself deadlines where like normally that would be a publisher or the fact that a kickstarter is finishing or something yeah i try to keep uh my release schedule at least like bi-monthly so like one month i'll have some uh book come out and then the uh two months later or so another book or the next month and it kind of depends on that but yeah right now everything's kind of bi-monthly as i'm still getting my foot in the door and i'm still getting my name out there but to have released 18 comic books in the span of what two and a half years or so i mean that's just even to me i think that's incredible it's a lot of stuff I mean, there's no way around that And here I am still sitting on my one idea that hasn't been written yet. <laughs> oh, no, nah, man, you're doing good, Chris. I mean, I, to be fair with you, like, I just come from a different background. So prior to me doing comic books, I was doing music. And in the music industry, like, you got to be on your, sh on your, uh, I can't curse, but you got to be on your stuff. You know what I'm saying? So when I was recording artists, we recorded plenty of songs, release uh, projects like very consistently so i carried that mindset over to comic books of course and you know i still i really love um since we're a since you're a gaming um uh, channel let's let's bring them in nintendo like i look up to how nintendo they release things you know like when they announce something they they're very consistent They'll, you'll get a Link game, you'll get a Mario game, you'll get a Pokemon game, right? These are all three very separate entities, but they're all coming under Nintendo. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think, I think of uh, From Scratch Comics just like a Nintendo. Like, it's just this big, it's this entity, but it's composed of all these separate um, 
IPs as well. So those are the things that I like to do. And that's what I really like to model my business after, like a Nintendo and just offering different stories and products to the to a vast audience and if they like that then that's what they like like me personally i'm really big into metroid you know not a person they're probably big into uh, donkey kong you know everybody has their thing and i like to cater to that and i like to write like that so i feel like you're in a very unique position to answer this versus other people that i've asked mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. uh, what do you think is your favorite thing that you've written Right now, oh man, I'm sitting on I'm sitting on an issue for the it's the next issue for my Shrivel series, which is a horror series. Uh, I just really love reading it over and over again. It's just so fun to me. I'm like, wow, I really hit the nail on the head with this one. So Shrivel Two right now is my most recent favorite. But uh, out of everything I've written, I like bits and pieces of everything. Well, I love everything overall, but I can't really say which is my absolute favorite because I feel as though I haven't written that yet. I always like to think, well, I haven't done it yet, but it's on its way, you know? You know what I mean, Chris? Oh yeah, and the reason that I ask like that is because right there on the front of your website, you've got a little seven, eight minute thing just ranking all of your comics. And I think the fact that mm -hmm. you're conscious enough of everything and like what worked and what didn't and everything just really shows that you're paying attention to what's working and what's not in your own work, which is something a lot of people just can't make themselves look at critically. Yeah, like, uh, I'm a big fan of ranking videos on YouTube. I love watching them. And I was like, I want to do something like that with my work. And I really want to be like, I really want to, you know, dig into it. And I really like that ranking video too. I think I did really well. Um, I got to the root of everything and I was very honest with my picks. And it's also, if people have their own, um, if they rank it differently, then that, I, I, I wanted to invite that conversation so you know if you guys if you guys out there listening to this if you want to rank all 18 currently from scratch comics you know please send me your rankings i would love to read them i would love to hear what you guys think it's just fun and it's always nice to see from other people like what they notice that you missed too mm-hmm yes indeed <laughs> that is yes so what got you into writing comics in the first place? So it actually happened. I was working at Half Price Books and I was just messing around, writing little stories and stuff like that. Because at the time I was still doing music and I was planning to move to Atlanta at the time. But I was writing little stories and I would share them with my coworkers. And then they'd be like, oh, this is really good. You should actually do this. And they would encourage me to do that and this. And I was like, you know, yeah, maybe I probably will. So it was right after I took my Atlanta trip in 20, uh, was that 2018? Yeah, 2018, where we were gonna move there and do music and stuff. I was kind of feeling like, I don't really wanna do that anymore. So on the trip back to Wisconsin, I saw a sign that said, Danger Fallen Rocks. And I liked the, the tone of Fallen Rocks. I was like, oh, I could probably use that for something in a story or maybe, maybe name a city after that. So then Fallen Rock evolved into true science fiction and all the characters started to pop up in my head and i was starting to little draw little doodles and stuff like that and then literally it just it just came from there 
I like to, there's a Jay-Z quote that uh, this ain't the life I chose, but rather the life that chose me. That is exactly what happened with being comic books. This was not something that I thought was going to happen, but through the grace of God, it just, it just chose me. And I just became like a, a, a medium for these stories to come out of me. And it, it's been beautiful to, to, to do this. How do you keep the story's world separate in your head when you're writing everything? I don't know. It's pretty easy for me. Like, I just pick up back where I left off. So, like, I could be... So, say, if I'm writing true science fiction, I'll be like, okay, what happened in the last issue? I'll think about what happened. And I'll think about, okay, I wrote myself into a corner here, there, this, that, and the third. Okay, what can I do next? What what would the characters... How do the characters... What do they think and they do to get themselves out of this and to into the next... Uh, thing. What do the characters want? Like, what are they, and how are they going to fight for it? How are they going to do this? How are they going to do that? That's typically how I always do with all these stories. So, what are the characters going to, what would the characters do? Like, when their back's against the wall, what are they going to do? Or when they need something, or when they're trying to scheme or get something. Anyway, what are the characters' wants? What are their needs? What are their obstacles? Um, and I always think of those things. And then typically I can solve where each story goes as far as all my series and what's it like working with so many different artists at the same time oh i love it it's just so fun i <laughs> uh i'm i'm pretty i'm used to being like uh the leader in things so even when i was doing music i was the producer i was the writer I would do promo, uh, the promo, I would do uh, YouTube videos. Like I'm used to handling multiple things at once. So that's a good skill that I have. So I'm always, I'm very good with um, collaborating with a lot of different individuals at one time and just keeping the, the ship straight and narrow. I kind of kept myself from asking this and I have no idea why. Um, what are the chances I've heard your music somewhere? Um, I don't think you might not, you might not have heard it just yet. Uh, it's still very much on the underground side of things. It never went mainstream as of yet. But all these things come around with due time. So I never really think of anything that I do as a, being a failure or this, that, and the third. It's just all these creative things that I make. It's like a garden to me. And I plant a seed. Who's to say it may not grow instantly? But over time, it just starts to blossom and people start to notice it. They're like, oh, hey, look at that right over there. I didn't even notice that behind uh, the other thing that I've been growing in this, you know, <laughs> this 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 garden, you know. So, yeah, with due time, I'm sure you'll hear more about it as uh, as my work in totality starts to reach more people. Plus, it's just the joy of the internet anyway. If it's sitting out there, eventually somebody will find it and it'll be new to them. Exactly. And that's what I always I always tell people that there's so many people uh, outside of your typical followers or whatever that don't know your work. So, like, you just keep pushing, you just keep grinding, and then more people are going to come to it. So every day, it, everything you do is something new to somebody. So I always try to keep that in mind. What advice would you have for somebody who's looking to get into working in comics? Uh, the first thing I would do is say, uh, definitely have confidence. Because confidence is really key. People love to 
people love to back a person who's 100% themselves. They know what they want. Uh, they just have those leadership skills. Yeah, just be confident in yourself. You can't let anything hit you, even if you get like a dislike or whatever the case, like, then that's fine. Like, brush it off and, you know, just keep going. There's been so many creative people throughout our, throughout the history of the world who've had to face these things. So you're not going to be, you're not the first and you're not going to be the last. So definitely my first thing I would say is have confidence. And then uh, secondly, just perfect your craft. Uh, for me, writing, I started writing, uh, my first writing experience were love letters to girls. So literally, like, it was make or break right there and there, Chris. Like, if your love letter wasn't good or whatever the case he was trying to do with these girls, like, it was just gog and crash and burn. Luckily, I was pretty good at writing love letters. And then that evolved into poetry, and then that evolved into songs, and then that evolved into uh, my comic book writing now. But yeah. It's amazing how every time I ask people that, um, they're kind of circling around the same answer, but there's just that different spin on it, you know? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All this stuff is really fundamental, so it doesn't really change. But you know, it's everybody's different approach to it. But it's all just—it's all really the same. But, you know, Chris, I gotta ask you a question. Okay. What's what's your current console that you're playing on right now? What you got? What you got, man? Um, right now it is either. Uh, switch or ps4 just depending on what my wife is doing so definitely switch if she's using the tv and if she's not then it could be either one of them top game for ps4 <sighs> granted i haven't played a lot ps4 things i got it rather recently because i play so far behind but i really like fighters so street fighter 5 is being fun Ah, okay. But the Final Fantasy VII remake, oh man. Oh yeah, it was so good, right? It was I crazy. Know. I was almost shocked that it came on two discs. When when you get the physical copy out mm -hmm. there, for, for those listening out there, when you get the physical copy, it has two discs. And you're like, oh wow, they're taking it back old, old school, dude. <laughs> it reminds me of how I had like the complete in box, like black label printing of it on PS1. But disc one was scratched, so I took it back to whatever flavor mm -hmm. of GameStop it was that we lived by and traded them the entire complete inbox for a loose copy of Greatest Hits discs. <laughs> I made up for it later, don't worry. Okay, okay. I'm just, uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my current uh, PS4 favorite has definitely been, um, well... Okay, overall, it's Ghost of Tsushima. I'm sure you heard about that game, right? I've heard the of it. Samurai game. Everything, I haven't played it yet. Amazing game. And also, I've been playing Resident Evil Village. I beat it like three times. It's one of the greatest games that I've played recently. It's so, so fun. I love that game. I've just never been able to get into first-person shooters like that. What? I know, it's weird. Like... GoldenEye was prime time for me to get into those, but I just never did. Wow. They're like an American delicacy. I mean, first person shooters, man. I admit that I'm the weird one here. I'm not trying to hide that. <laughs> okay. And if I'm with people and they want to play, I'll play it, but I suck. 
so for Switch, what you got? What's, what's your favorite right now? Oh, Cart and Smash all day long. Oh, yeah? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I've been playing Rayman uh, Legends on there recently. That game is so fun. I grabbed that at some point out of the market, not Switch, one of the other ones. And it's one of those ones that I grabbed right before I had to start putting stuff in the storage unit. So it's sitting in there just waiting for me when I get everything out. Please, please pick up and play that game. It is amazing. <laughs> I can't speak highly enough of it. Ubisoft, you did your thing, all right? If you guys are listening, you did your thing. And hey, if you guys need like a play tester or you want to have a sponsorship with the guy who's on the come up, you know, just hit me up. Uh, that's cool. That's dolo. <laughs> Well, I have a couple final questions for you before we close things out. Okay. Number one, who is your favorite Muppet? Um, um, the bear. Fonz, Fonzo? Oh, Fonzie? Fonzie the joke telling bear, because there's a few bears. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, Fonzie's a good one. I like him. Yeah, I don't, I haven't watched Muffets in a while, but does, is he the one that says waka waka waka? Or something like that, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, I like them. Uh, I, as a kid, I used to be like, ha, ah, I used to just laugh at him like, excessively. And finally, what kind of plant are you? I'm a Venus flytrap. Why? As soon as, as, as soon as people land there, they're like, oh, this is nice. And then I ensnare them. But this way I do this creatively with my works. And then they're just, they're, they're stuck there. And they're like, oh man, this guy's really good. But yeah, slowly. And you know, a, a, a real Phoenix fly type slowly ensnares what's, what's, what's landed on it. And that's what I do. I, that's what I, that's what I like to say. That's a good question. I like that. I, thank you, Reddit, for having a thread of random questions to ask people to get to know them and i totally didn't steal most of my list of things from that oh no 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 no! you just creatively you were just creatively inspired by them i just curated it from the front page of the internet there you go but it has been great talking to you about all this if people want to hear more from you where else can they find you around the internet you can find me at coolestdolo.com. That's C-O-O-L-E-S-D-O-L-O.com. Uh, at coolestdolo on Twitter and at coolestdolo on Instagram. And as always, we'll have links to all those down in the show notes because clicking links is so much easier than trying to remember how to spell things. It sure is. And if you want to hear more from me, as always, you can head on over to Twitter at PlayComicsCast or at PlayComics.com. Both places, if you're a creator working on something like this, you can just randomly send me a message, whether it be from the forum on the website or a message on Twitter. Say, hey, I'm making a cool thing. Do you want to have me on your show? Hmm, I wonder if we know anybody here who has done that. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I will say you. thank you, Chris, for even having me. Yeah, thank you, Chris, for having me. And I, I really respect your platform because you're giving other artists like myself just a, a means to talk to. And um, yeah, so this has been great. I mean, y'all are honestly, y'all are the reason why I haven't gotten my thing written yet. Because I'm spending too oh, much time talking really? to people. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, uh, you heard it here first, folks. I'm the last interview he's ever going to do. So yeah, sorry, guys. I, I took the last spot, but um. 
Yeah. He ended it on a good note. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh. But if you want to support the show, you can head on over to playcomics.com slash support. There's all kinds of ways over there that you can send me money if that's what you want to do. Or you can just take this podcast and shove it into somebody's ear holes so they have to hear it. Either way is good. I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to play comics is part of the Gunna Geek Network, home to such other wonderfully geeky shows as Better Podcasting, where if you want to make a podcast, you can listen to Better Podcasting and learn how to make a good podcast. And you can teach me about other adjectives besides wonderful, because I've been saying for months that I'm going to say something else there, and I never do. If you like the music that we're rudely talking on top of right now, head on over to soundcloud.com slash best-day to check out Best Day's music. Most of all, just grab a game, grab a stack of comics, or like a lot of tabs if they're all online, like these are. Yep. And find yourself a new favorite character. Damn right.